Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Okay, this is uh, a great day. Just us three today. Armand Brandon uh, is speaking. And now we have Kayla as a guest who is coming off of the Super Bowl win. The Chiefs proved everybody wrong. I admit I was one of those people, Kayla, that said Tyreek's gone. I don't know if they're going to win the division. I was picking the Chargers. And I'll give Kayla credit. Whether there was bias involved or not, I saw she was posting on her Instagram on that bet, whatever, 35 thing that you were doing, that one, uh, what was it, where you went? You picked the Chiefs to win it all in that prediction. Brandon, I picked the Chiefs back in October. <laughs> yep. Well, you, you stood game. by it. Yeah, I did, yes, because I had faith in this team the entire time. Even after our very first game against the Cardinals in Arizona, I said, to start an under season in Arizona, I said the Chiefs are better without Tyreek Hill after the very first game. Everyone was like, you're insane. And here we are, Super Bowl 57 champions. Take that. I'm just kidding. But... Um, absolutely thrilled. Like I, everybody. When you have Patrick Mahomes, when you have Andy Reid, you just can't count them out. Yeah, like we've seen nothing that's led us to believe that they can't get it done every single time. Yeah, and by the way, Andy Reid by far the best play caller in the NFL. I think people were starting. Oh to my say- gosh. People were starting to say Kyle, but anytime Kyle plays Andy, Andy just completely outclasses him. Like Kyle's the second best play caller in the league, Shanahan of the 49ers. When they played, I know McCaffrey wasn't starting, but Reed just completely outplayed him in every facet. I mean, that game was a wipeout. I think that just showed how dominant the Chiefs can be even against a good defense. Like that was the first time we saw that when they played San Francisco early on in the year. And we saw that again yeah. against the Eagles. The Eagles just did. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the league. They could not stop. Mahomes. I mean, the greatness of that man and, you know, Andy Reid's play calling, just him getting Kadarius Tony into motion on that play, Sky Moore in that other play. I, I, he's just, is there's just brilliance involved, Kayla, right? It's insane. Andy Reid will go down as one of the best coaches, one of the best offensive minds when all is said and done. And I'm just so happy he's the coach of my team because what he comes up with is insane. I don't know if you guys saw that that touchdown pass to Tony um, after the game, he was doing an interview and he was like, Oh yeah, that one's called corn dog. And the guy's like, it's not seriously called corn dog, right? He's like, no, it's called corn dog. And then he <laughs> explains his love of corn dog. And then the guy's like, so he doesn't go in the huddle and say corn dog. And he goes, no, that's what he says. Like, and then you've got snow globe. Like this team just has fun. Like 
the names they're coming up with. And then Patrick Mahomes went on Jimmy Come Alive and said how they had another play called Pikachu where they were trying to get, I think, Wiley uh, a touchdown. Um, he was like, yeah, we want to, I don't know, Pikachu. Is it, we want to catch them all? Is that the <laughs> slogan? He said that on Jimmy Come Like, is having this much fun playing football and coming up with these ridiculous plays that are just so well thought out. No, absolutely. Show me because I can't find one. Absolutely. And I know Armand wants to get into that call and everything and the whole <laughs> the whole refs, you know, refs love the Chiefs and Goodell hugging Chris Jones and saying you can hit the players however you want and all that and all the love fest that Goodell had. But I first want to say this. The Chiefs won that game fair and square and here's why. The Eagles should not have choked. They did not play any defense in the second half. They had numerous opportunities to win that game, and they did not win. And that was a holding call. Would I have called that? It was. Would I have called that at that point in the game? No. But you can't get mad at them for making the right call. Right, Armand? Exactly. Exactly. Like, so it's the Super Bowl, and we're just supposed to stop calling penalties? Like, that makes no sense to me. If this was the beginning of the game, no one would have cared. Um... Yeah, like, I think they called a holding penalty on us. Or, sorry, DPI is what I meant. Um, they called a holding penalty on us late in the game. And if, if they didn't call it, then people would have freaked out the other way. So it's like, you're not going to please everybody. And when there's a penalty and you're a referee, it is your job to call the penalty, whether it's in a game in September, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. I just, like, yes, it went my way. But if it didn't get called, I would have been freaking out like you have to call that it's it's your job few things kayla um <clears throat> i don't want to first of all let me <laughs> say congratulations first of all congrats to juju super bowl mind. champion another uh, usc trojan yeah. a tiktoker well uh there so, we go <laughs> first thing you said was if it was called or if it was earlier in the game, nobody would have cared. And I want to respectfully disagree because that's the difference between seven points and three points, which is a huge swing in a game like this. Second of all, my biggest gripe comes with if if the Lakers hypothetically were to win the championship and then Anthony Davis and Adam Silver embrace the way that Roger Goodell embraced the Chiefs player after the game, it would look a little funny. What What were your thoughts on that embrace after the game and Roger's comments? I didn't even know what he said. I just saw the hug with Chris Jones. Um, with it, like he's the commissioner. Like he should be congratulating the team that just won the Super Bowl. I the tool script thing is so ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's it's the tweets are funny about it, but like I don't have an issue with it. I something you actually I feel like want to see from the commissioner of the league going down and congratulating the team that just won the Super Bowl. What, but, what did he say? I didn't but know what Kayla, he said. He, he, so he, get, he gets picked up by another grown man who, who's playing, you know, on a team that already has a lot of stuff floating around from the Bengals game. Not not your fault, obviously, but people are already skeptical. And you allow another grown man to pick you up. And then he said, um, what, can, I don't care how you hit I don't care how you hit the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, you can oh, see. Oh, is he talking about from the Raiders game? No, 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 this was at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like he, you know, uh, they they hugged. He picked Roger Goodell. Up. I'll disagree with Armand here. I, I know, but is, is he referring to the game we had with I the I think Raiders, he's referring to Chris in general. Jones got a penalty for that. Oh, potentially. I, yeah, that is a good he's point. He's referring to a game earlier in the season where Chris 
Chris got called for that, and other players did the same thing. But Kayla, so it's just like you're never going to please everyone. But Kayla, can you imagine if LeBron James picked up Adam Silver after the Lakers hypothetically <laughs> win the title, and how much? That, okay, first of all, what universe is this in? This yeah, isn't well, happening. Yeah, but uh, I would, I would literally die and go to heaven if that happened. I just want <laughs> the success that Kayla has with the Chiefs of being a fan of that team. With the Lakers. Thank you, Brandon. Oh God, I uh, I admire that, <laughs> and I will say this before Kayla, you answer that. You were, I think, you hit it right on the money. Everyone's talking about the script, and everyone's going to complain. And of course, Eagles fans, we saw the video with the TV. The guy went crazy, destroyed his TV, then beat up his friend in the, in the living room. <laughs> I think that was a skit. Okay, was Eagles a skit. fans need to take a long look in the mirror. Like, talk about this on the podcast I do for the uh, for the Chiefs. Like. My co-host was like, find a new identity. Like, your identity should not be found solely in being an Eagles fan because then what do you do after the season? And, like, they're on another level. I know Philly fans in general are just, like, a little psychotic and a, <laughs> a notch over everyone else, but some of the things that went down after the Super Bowl, like, Calm down. And I, and I will say this, Kayla. You bring up a good point about the script because they <laughs> look. I don't think. Look, if they if the NFL really had a script, they'd have the Bills winning the Super Bowl with Demar Hamlin. Like, let's uh, be right? real. That let's be real. The, uh, that would be too obvious. Ending to a exa- oh brother. Come on, they wanted the Bills to win that game so bad. Like the NFL, the the, the announcers covering that game were just like so like. What the heck is going on when the Bengals Kay- are up seven, 27 to 10? Like, Kay- is this happening, you know? Kay- Kayla, let me ask you a question. Do you think, yes or no, that certain quarterbacks get preferential treatment? We can't hear you, Kayla. Good. Like, oh, I was, I was thinking. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we, we can hear you. you. Question, who are the good quarterbacks? Like, be better. <laughs> Be better. Yeah, yeah I guess. Look, Kayla the better, has a, the better quarterbacks are winning the game. So yeah, Kayla has I don't a know, point. Step up your game. Mahomes finds a way. He's the best quarterback in the world. He's the most talented quarterback we've ever seen throw football. And I think at the end of the day, the NFL looks at it as an opportunity to be like, okay, this could be the next Brady, um, but more talented. You know, rings and rings and rings. It's good for the product. So I mean, he's gonna get some calls, but I don't think it's I don't think it's as outrageous as people you know make it out to be. You know what I'm saying, well, Armand? As a salty- I, I think- also, you guys, guys, I want you to understand. Carl Shepard, who is officiating head official for the Super Bowl, has a long-standing beef with Kansas City. So we were going into that game thinking this is gonna suck. He's gonna be against us all day. It dates back to when he called something on Travis Kelsey years ago, and Travis Kelsey goes, that guy couldn't even get a job at Foot Locker. <laughs> and it's it's literally gone on for the past however many years, and he was, Shepherds was the one officiating that Raiders game where he called the, the penalty on Chris Jones. Um, and he literally got booed for the final five minutes of the half. He has a long-standing beef with Kansas City, so we were going into that game thinking, like, this sucks. Like, Shepherds is the one officiating the Super Bowl, of course. So, I don't think we had any preferential treatment in that game. So um, and I was shocked. Kayla, let's put you in the position of Carl oh, Shepherds. And, and I know we kind of touched on this, but if you were the official in that situation, do you throw the penalty? Take your bias aside, do you throw the flag? Pass interference? For holding. The holding call. That's your job. Like, you need to call penalties when you see them. Do you think that 
whether or not it's for, on my team or the other team. Do you think that the consistency of the calls, for example, if the call was not being made earlier in the game, should dictate whether the flag needs to be thrown at that point? Sorry, say that again. So let's say you have a whole game where that specific in, uh, incident is not being called. And then at the end, you know, it happens and then you call at that time. Do you think that there was any sort of discrepancy there? Well, I mean, when you make it obvious that you are holding, yeah. then, I mean, if you wanted to do it a little more discreetly to where it's not as obvious, but even Patrick Mahomes sees it and freaks out. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, the Chiefs are going to win that game, whether that happened or not. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we're, we're done giving you Billy crap. Fans need to, Billy fans need to stop whining. Yeah, we're done giving you crap. I wanted to ask you your thoughts on this Twitter beef going on between Juju and A.J. Brown. If you didn't see... Oh, my God. <laughs> Juju posts... By the way, very immature of Juju, in my opinion. But he posts a picture... Time out, time out, time out. He yeah. didn't... He took this from NFL memes. If you go to the NFL memes Twitter account, they posted 20 of these. All he did was cut it from that and repost it. He didn't make this up. So Even, yeah. I have no issue with it. I think it's kind of fun. Um, let him bask in it for a second. Like, don't be so sensitive. And that I did not like what AJ Brown went back at him with. Like, Dude, don't act so salty. The guy just won a Super Bowl. All he said is happy Valentine's Day. He didn't create this Valentine. NFL memes did. Like, let's all chill out. Yeah, I'm going to respectfully completely disagree. <laughs> I thought it was just, I thought it was, there was Shocking, no, Armand. <laughs> but there was no need for it. I mean, you already won, and the guy, James Bradbury, admitted to holding. So you have his admittance, and then you know that that right, was... Right, so he admitted to it. So what's the issue? Like, you're not... Well, I think Armand is saying he's rubbing here. it in. He's rubbing it in. He just won a Super Bowl. Let the guy, like, have some fun. Yeah. If the Eagles won a Super Bowl, they could be on the other end of this. Like, but they didn't. So, I don't know. I see no issue with and it. They and, won't, I think and they won't. And they won't. players are being a little sensitive. And the Eagles, by the way, will not come out of the NFC next year. <laughs> it's going to be the Niners in Vegas. We oh, are. okay. Brandon has Niners Bengals, so. But maybe the Chiefs, but I'm saying I think the Bengals. Hey, listen, the Bengals, I don't think are going to be the same team next year. They've really? got some contract issues that they, I think are going to change. They that do. Team. But I think, um, you know, it's so hard to repeat. If anybody can do it, it's Mahomes. I just feel like one of those teams, that gauntlet of the AFC playoffs, one of them might beat them next year. In a playoff series. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, that's why I picked Bengals 49ers because it's so difficult to repeat. But it could also be Chiefs 49ers. Kayla, after, it is difficult to repeat. after watching the game, what, what are your thoughts now on Jalen Hurts? I love Jalen Hurts. I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan. He played his butt off in that game. He is the real deal. Um, Philly should be very thankful that he is their quarterback. I love the guy. I've loved him since college. I loved him at Bam, uh, Alabama. Um, I loved that he was like, hey, listen, I'm going to play. I'm going to go to Oklahoma. Um, I have all the respect for Jalen Hurts. I think he balled out and in the biggest stage, um, except when my guy Nick Bolton got the season score, which I was obviously thrilled about, MIZ. But uh, I have hurts i i love the guy i have nothing to say about him 
Yeah, he 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 played. On the other hand, makes me mad because apparently a rivalry with the Bengals. But uh, Jalen Hurts, I love. Yeah, by the way, Jalen had an amazing game, was the highest graded player by PFF in that game. Um, Kayla, you know, there there are some free agents on the Chiefs. I do want to bring this up because, you know, you are diehard Chiefs, cover the Chiefs, right? Uh, Orlando Brown, yes. the, the tackle, right? You got Chris Jones. Yes. I'm assuming they're going to give a blank check. You kind of have to at this I would point. hope so. Um, Frank Clark. Frank Clark, yeah. What do you do at the corner position? Because you just won a Super Bowl. All the rookie corners, they you know they didn't play amazing, but you won a Super Bowl. They did enough, right? I mean, do you run it back or do you draft another uh, secondary player in this draft? Uh, that's a good question. Um, he, he was injured. Uh, Trent McDuffie, real deal. Jalen Watson came up huge for us this year. He had like, what was it? Two pick or two pick six and two huge games. Um, I don't know. I, I think these young cornerbacks can get it done. I mean, obviously we'll see what, Brett Beach decides to do come draft time, but from what we saw from our our cornerback rookies this season, I I I'm not scared. I don't know. I feel pretty good about what we have. So I don't know. I think it's interesting to see what we do at the draft, but as it stands now, I'm good there. Kayla, final few minutes here. You know, we know that you've been consumed with the Chiefs and their playoff run, but your basketball team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they are probably, I think, the the coolest story going in the NBA right now. The fact that they're in the playoff mix, that they can make it, that Shea is playing so outstanding. They had the game last week that we didn't get your thoughts on. LeBron breaks the record, but the Thunder win the game. And not only do they win the game, their momentum during that ceremony, it was really interrupted with. And the fact that they had the poise, being so young in, in an environment where everybody in the building was apparently a celebrity, it, it, it was a, <laughs> it, I mean, that shows a lot of moxie for a young team. Um, so what are your thoughts on what you've seen so far from the Thunder? Do you think this is a playoff team? And if so, what, what does that mean for, for the future of this organization? Well, first of all, Armand, we are aligned on this. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, all credit goes to um, Sam Presti, who I have been obsessed with and sung his praises for years. Uh, obviously, my love for this team goes back to the days of when they first originated in Oklahoma City with Harden, with Durant, with Westbrook. Um, by the way, guys, super sad Westbrook's not with the Lakers anymore, but I did get to see one of his final games. So... <laughs> Um, but this is about the Thunder. That game was awesome against the Lakers. Like you said, they were had all eyes on them. There was all the pressure in the world in this game. Celebrities lining the court. Um, LeBron breaking the record. And they still get it done. What was it, 133-130? Like, that was awesome to see. Um, I'm obsessed with Josh Giddy. SGA is unreal. Like, and again, all credit to Sam Presti, who just knows how to build these teams. Will we make, make the playoffs this year? Um, still TBD. That would be awesome if we did. I still feel like maybe it seems a year too early, but if they surprise us, even better. Um, I'm, and I already have the games that they play in LA in March circled on my calendar. They play like 
Clippers back to back and then Lakers. I will be at one of those games, guys. Mark my words. There we so, go. Um, <laughs> I'm thrilled for this young team, and it, it obviously is only going to go up from here. I would love to see them make it in the playoffs. Final 30 seconds here. I want to follow up about the Thunder. Let's say they do make the playoffs and they have a nice little moment. Do you want them to continue with the youth movement or would you like them to maybe go and try to get a free agent maybe with the money that they have or, or a trade, get a little bit older? Oh, good question. Ugh, I don't know. Do you mess up the mojo that they have? Um, and you have Chet coming back. so. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Hello. So something if it's working I guess but yeah this is a really young team we have no really big names um you know what whatever Sam Presti wants to do is fine with me <laughs> I'm I'm with I'm with I'm with him on any decisions that he makes yeah I, I, I would love to see Westbrook come back at the end oh. of his career but <laughs> I don't know about that I don't think you need Westbrook I think he would just hinder all all of the player development of the other players and it's so sad how his career is going right now but Kayla thank you for coming on um, as a guest in the first segment we're so thankful to have you on whenever you come on and talk the Chiefs uh, I hope the rest of your week is going well and when we come back we'll be joined by Grant Mona on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Um, presented by the Sporting Tribune, of course. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Okay, let's go now go out to the Sporting Tribune and Circus Sports guest hotline Grant Mona, the man himself, the Clippers legend. You know, there was a Clippers game last night. They looked pretty good. I told you about Plum Dog. Never count out the Plum Dog. He's one of the more underrated pickups at the deadline. How'd the team look, Grant, and what, what are your takeaways from that big win over the Warriors? Yeah, it's, it was the first game with all the new guys uh, since the trade deadline. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the Warriors had a few guys out, obviously some pretty you know, important guys, Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins, but still, you know, I, I wanted to see some, some continuity. Finally, there was a fully healthy roster. Um, it just seemed like the offense was in a flow. I mean, there was, I think 49, maybe more bench points. Um, that bench is completely revamped now. It just seems like such a 180 from, from what we saw in the last game without the guys. And, uh, that, that's something that, that I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I was I was actually more 
excited to watch the bench units and the starters because the starting lineup didn't change at all. It was it was actually the bench unit that has a complete revamp, and you know it looked it looked like a revamp. I'm telling you, it was it was so fun to watch. Mason Plumlee was awesome. Um, yeah, Eric Gordon was pretty good. Bones Highland, you know, showed flashes in his minutes, and you know the stats aren't going to pop off and pop out to you, but you know if you look at the game and you watch the game, you could just see how much better everything looked. I mean, even the stars, Kawhi and PG, were passing the ball around, moving the ball from side to side, swing, drive, kick, you know, all these things that you'd want to see in a, in a competent, contending offense, and you saw it. There's a lot of questions about the moves that they made. You know, they didn't get a point guard, and, you know, there's a, a few guys on the roster that are, not even a few, there's a lot of guys on the roster that are saying that Russell Westbrook should come to the Clippers, and judging by last night, it doesn't seem like they need him. All you need is scores. Norman Powell went off, he seems like the number two scorer over Paul George right now. So there's a lot of good things going on right now in that in that team. The other big game of the day, Grant. Well, it it, it didn't be. It actually became a great game, but it really got yeah. spoiled because of the the injuries and the rest that the Celtics were taking. Mm-hmm. Celtics and the yeah. Bucks. My question, though, <clears throat> assuming that those two are the top two teams in the East, and I think that's general consensus. Who do you think is the third best team in the East? Ooh, third, I mean, right now you have to go Sixers just because of the, the run that they're on. But, you know, you also have to look at a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers who are on a seven-game winning streak. And their their net rating is, I think, plus 16. And the only other team that's been up there is the Boston Celtics. So, yeah, you can say the Bucks are right there. And they're on what they were on a nine-game, ten-game winning streak. I think 11 now. They, they're playing out of their minds. But you got to understand, like, when you get into the playoffs, it's a seven-game series. And... Sure, you can go on runs now, but I think like you got to understand matchups, right? And the, the Cleveland Cavaliers have a team that, that's built to have playoff success. They have great defenders. They have length. They have stars, two stars, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, who are playing out of their minds right now. And, you know, you could say the Sixers. Obviously, you could say them because they have James Harden and Joel Embiid, and they have some pretty good depth. They had some pretty good depth this year. But, you know, past those two, I really like what the Cavaliers bring to the table in a playoff setting. Now, the Bucks obviously have Giannis, and I'm trying to figure out who is going to guard Giannis on each of these teams. I'm going down the list. Like, yeah, you could have Rob Williams on him, but Rob Williams does not look healthy, guys. I don't know if if there's something still recurring with that knee, or if he's you know maybe they're just limiting his minutes because Joe Mazzulla doesn't seem to know either. So there's a, there's a couple question marks on the Celtics. Yeah, they're awesome, and you know we're watching them win a ton of games, but. There are some question marks for each one of these teams. And, you know, the, the Bucks just got Jay Crowder, so that's a big pickup. I haven't seen him play yet. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that when he gets integrated fully into this lineup, I know that he's going to be really good for them. It's just that, you know, I think that I've said this in, in shows past, the East is very top-heavy. It's top-heavy, and then you have teams that are right outside that top four as opposed to the West, where it's, you know, it, there is, you know, it's starting to kind of separate itself, but you have so many other teams that, can contend. It's kind of like what we saw in the NFL this year with the NFC and AFC. AFC had a lot more teams that could get that could win a title, but the NFC was top heavy. I think we're seeing that in the NBA this year too. I completely agree, Grant. And the reason why I pose the question is because this might be a little bit outrageous to say at this moment. I don't even think it's outrageous. I think it's Miami, and the reason is simple mm-hmm. because like of that. the experience factor. The experience factor yeah. in a playoff setting. I trust them. Right now, it would be the Sixers against the Heat in the first round. Who do you guys, who would you take in that series? Heat. I would take Miami. 
Yeah, I mean, wow. Doc, Doc, dude, dude, Doc Rivers in a playoff series. I'm telling you right and, now. And James Harden. Hey, you want to hear something crazy? The Raptors get in. Be careful. That's a, yeah. Careful. Oh, yeah. If they go on a run, oh, yeah. you are you are in for a tough series with Pirtle now at center, and you know they have a legitimate center. They have some depth. I mean, if they had Otto Porter Jr., I would pick them in a series, did, but he's out for the year. Did you guys see the Raptors starting five that they rolled out last night? <laughs> Yes, it was all length. And, and that's the thing. Like, I want to go back to the Miami thing because you, you brought up a good point is that experience factor. And you would think, like, okay, James Harden and Joel Embiid, they should have plenty of playoff experience, right? But if you're going up against Jimmy Butler in the playoff setting, you're probably going to lo- – like, Jimmy Butler is a different animal when yep. it gets into the playoffs, right? And, you know, Miami's a team – I said when they get – I said this, I think, months ago. It's like – they're a team that it, when when they're healthy and they're locked in, that veteran experience, like you guys said, is going to be very key to them making a run. And Victor Oladipo has been a little bit better. I still think that they need – I think Russell Westbrook could help them a lot. I know that he's gotten a lot of slander, a lot of people worried about his shooting and his turnovers. But injecting that energy into that Miami Heat team is something that I think would work extremely well. And all I keep hearing about is the Bulls and the Clippers for Westbrook when I think Miami is maybe the best option for him. And I know, Armand, you're, you're way off on him to the Bulls, but I think that Miami would be a really good team to inject energy into, and I think he could do that. Yeah. I just want to say one thing about the Westbrook thing. I do think he can help the Bulls, but I think the Bulls are hopeless in terms of direction okay. of organization. Yeah, he would make us a little bit better, but at the end of the day, the yeah. Bulls are still currently incompetent so i I don't think it really changes you know drastically changes things i think brandon you had a you had yeah Yeah, i mean look uh, my thoughts on that situation is westbrook as inefficient as he is from the floor he if you're down 20 he can bring you back in a game by himself there's some flashes of greatness that he still has in him and there's flashes of the worst player in basketball that he still has in him you know i think you take the chances when you're a team with no depth like the heater heater bowls they both would love a guy like that i mean he'd be perfect on the heat um you know grant you bring up a good point uh they can hide him defensively and he, he has been playing better defense this year than he has in, in previous years there's right. no denying that uh, come in and score off the bench. They really only have Oladipo off of the bench. Maybe Max Drews, although they've been starting him, right? Um, so I, Gabe Vincent's been good. But, I mean, they probably have one of the weaker, both of those teams, Bulls and Heat, defenses, or not defenses, depth in basketball. I wanted to ask you, Grant, because there's a huge game tonight, and this is going to air in Vegas and in uh, L.A. when this game is on. But Lakers-Pelicans, correct me if I'm wrong, the Lakers are effectively eliminated from playoff contention if they lose this game tonight, in my personal opinion. I don't care what happens. This is, you know, all on the table, a must-win game heading into the All-Star break. Yeah, you know, I, I've mentioned this in, in some of our group chats, is that I'm, I'm looking at the Lakers' schedule right now, and what a gauntlet they have to go through. I mean, they have the Pelicans tonight at home the Warriors at home after the All-Star break, then the Mavericks and Grizzlies, and then they play the Thunder, Timberwolves, Warriors, Grizzlies again. So, sure, you can say, yeah, okay, all they have to do is go on a winning streak, but you also can say, all right, but the other teams have to lose too. So, yeah, you know, you can say they'll get right back into it, but if the other teams keep winning, you're not going to make up any ground. And with them being six games under 500 right now, and they're four and six in their last ten, I know that they're one and one with their new squad, but you got to understand, like they have to have teams in front of them lose as well, and that's that's 
tough to do when everyone is buying for those last four spots in the, in the play-in. So it's going to be really tough. I, I can't say that they're going to be eliminated from playoff contention because you can't just say that right now and at the All-Star break. Because you can always make a run. And I, you know, I know Brandon, me and you have this running joke of, oh, here the Lakers are going to go on a run now. But with this team, it's more viable, I guess you could say, because they have more depth now without LeBron. But it's still not going to be easy. You know, there's really nothing easy in today's NBA. You can play a team like, you know, like the Rockets, and you'll probably get a, you know, a fight put up against you. So the Lakers have a lot of things to work out on their end in terms of chemistry, and that's what I'm kind of worried about is that. They have to get this chemistry, but they also have to immediately win. So you're in a tough spot with these new guys where it's like, yeah, sure, you got great players, but it's not that easy. You have to integrate them into your lineups, and that's, that's not easy to do when you're trying to win immediately. Yeah, and by the way, um, I wanted to bring up Zion Williamson, you know, struggling with an injury. If he doesn't come back, how far do you think this Pelicans team can go the way Ingram is playing? And if he does come back, how far can they go? Well, look, that, that's why you have this depth. Right, that's why you have so much wing talent. That's why you you get a guy like Dyson Daniels and integrate him directly into your lineups right now. You know, as a, a play now rookie, and so you can have you you can afford the absences of, of some of their top guys. And you know, before this run that they're on right now, they lost what ten in a row before beating the Lakers. And you know, at that point, it was like, okay, well, maybe their depth isn't as good as we thought, or you know, maybe you do need the stars back. But, you know, Brandon Ingram just slowly, slowly, slowly keeps getting better as the season goes on. He, I think he's averaging 30 in his past five games or so. So if you haven't playing at that clip, I mean, good Lord, you don't even need Zion until the playoffs. And then you, you just add Zion to this team that has Brandon Ingram playing at a high clip and CJ McCollum playing at a high clip. That's dangerous. And there's, a, there's you know, a scenario where you face a Pelicans team in the first round. And, yeah, sure, they may be the six, the seven seed, but they can upset a top seed team because of that depth and because of that top star talent they have at the top. It, it's not a foregone conclusion that, you know, Zion's out for a remainder, you know, a longer time. And then if you just put Zion back in the lineup after, you know, you have this top star in the, the wing depth, it's like getting a, a trade deadline asset basically. And I think that's what they're, they're looking at now. Yeah. Take your time, Zion, get healthy, and then we'll just reintegrate you back. Absolutely. And, and Grant, um, Nikola Jokic, I just have to bring him up because of his excellence uh, this year. Best season of his career. And it's crazy to say that because he's two straight MVPs, highest PR of all time last season. 24.9 points per game, 11.4 rebounds per game, 10.1 assists per game, a, a true shooting percentage of 70.3, a PER uh, player efficiency rating of 32. And he also is in the 98th or 95th percentile, rather, of PSA, like 145 per 100 shot attempts. Uh, this is this is this is crazy. The Nuggets are going to finish with the first seed. He's now minus 200 on some books to win MVP. <laughs> is this a lock? Is he going to be the first to get three straight since Larry Bird? I mean, it's it's not a lock, but good lord, is it is he the favorite? I mean even with guys like Joel Embiid playing out of his mind. And you know, every time Joel Embiid plays Jokic, we're like, oh, it's the, it's the battle for the MVP, and, and Embiid wins, and everyone's like, oh, give him the MVP. But then you go like a couple games after, and you see what Jokic really does on a day-to-day basis, and we don't really see that because he's up in Denver and nobody really pays attention. They're paying more attention now, but it's still not as much attention as, say, Philly or, or even the Lakers or the Warriors or you know, some of these top teams. And you go and see what he does on a day-to-day basis, and it's just like, this guy's unbelievable. 
about what his, not just his stats, but the way he sees the game, his IQ of the game, where guys are on the court. All you have to do is watch a Denver Nuggets game and you could see why he's the most valuable player. He, when he's off the court, they're not that great. When he's on the court, they're the best team maybe in the league with him on the court. You know, I know the Celtics and the Bucks have something to say about that, but he changes the game literally by his, not just his passing, but the way he scores. He gets to his spots. He knows where he can pull up from. He knows when to take that three. That is really valuable for a team that needs him because when he's off the court, they're not that great. When he's on, like I said, they're awesome. So I think he is the favorite for sure right now. Um, you know, and Bede can have a stretch of six games where he goes 32 a game or whatever he does. And I don't think that that will still be enough to overcome Nikola Jokic. I mean, back-to-back-to-back MVP in our lifetime is something that should be taken way more. Like, I don't know why we're not talking about this more. This guy's doing stuff that, like you said, Larry Bird did back in the 80s, and we're not really talking about how great it is. Um, so, I, yeah, Nikola Jokic for me is definitely – the, the favorite right now yeah um by the way i think this you know this might be a hot take i think Nikola jokic may be the best most talented player to ever touch the basketball offensively he's definitely the, certainly the most efficient we've ever seen touch the basketball offensively just what wow. he can do at the center position create he's a genius he's a basketball savant if you watch yeah. him play it's honestly beautiful to watch i just want to say how lucky we are to really witness this greatness whether he ever wins a championship or not i still think he's going to go down as a top 20 basketball player that's ever lived and i think he completely deserves it it's not just him i mean winning a championship is hard if you think about it it's it's yeah. really hard yeah. it's really hard lebron's been to how many finals how many has he won you know, like it, it's Lord, it's, yeah. it's difficult. Kevin Durant needs to join super teams to win championships. As good as he is, he's probably already a top twenty player of all time, right, Armand? I mean, when we talk about how hard it is, I I, I do want to say this, Grant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. who you know I apologized in my last power <laughs> rankings to Armand says is the best player in the world, and I'm with him because of his defense. You know, him and Jokic are are one A one B with uh, for me right now. It seems like. In this NBA where there's so many good teams, Giannis could get his second ring this year. And it seems very possible. Can I can I just say something really quick? Yes. This go ahead. is the last chance that I want to give to the Denver Nuggets. There is no more excuses this year. Mm. Jokic, you have the supporting cast, you have everything that you need. If you cannot at least make it to the Western Conference Finals, and I would say push that to seven, really that's that's setting the bar way too low. They really need to go all the way. When it comes to the best player on the planet, Grant, I want to get your thoughts on that as well. But for me, it's it's Giannis 1, Durant 2, and then Steph 3, and then you have to prove it to me in the postseason. And I know that Jokic individually has done that, but as a team, okay, you made it to the Western Conference Finals once. I want to see, this is, this is it. I mean, I'm not going to say that he has underperformed at all, but this year, if you cannot get your team to the promised land, it's... It's kind of it doesn't take away or diminish anything that you've done up to this point, but it is something that cannot be ignored, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you know, Armand, you're right, and I, I saw this a while ago. Is that you know, Jokic? What year is this for him? This is this has to be what year seven or eight for him, and you know, with that Jamal Murray combo, this is what year five, I think, year four. And, you know, with a whole bunch of other duos and a whole bunch of other, you know, core guys and core teams, we always say, 
okay, well, oh, you know, what's going on with this team? They got to blow it up. It's been too long. Their, their, their window's closing. But with the Nuggets, it's like nobody talks about why, why isn't their window closing? Why don't they have to start winning? Why doesn't Nikola Jokic have to start winning titles? I think we keep talking about his greatness like we just did, but we don't even mention the fact that he hasn't even been to the finals yet. And when they played the Lakers in the conference finals a couple of years ago, they really didn't have a chance. They get, I mean, they lost in five games. So, yeah, I understand your, your, your concept of, okay, you know, you don't have Jokic in your top three because of that. I understand that. But if we're going off pure, like, who are the best basketball players, I got to put Giannis at one and Jokic at two. I mean, I just have to. But I understand your point from where you see the playoffs because, look, he's got to start winning in the, in the playoffs. You're right, Armand. He has to start doing something there or else we're going to start getting into this, this territory of like, okay, is, is Jokic a winning player? Is he ever going to win in the playoffs? Is he ever going to you know get over that hump? And then you're going to start seeing you know things about the Nuggets start wanting to blow it up. I, I just I haven't seen it yet, which is kind of weird because we're in year five of this whole Jamal Murray him duo. It's kind of weird. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, um, what about Luca for his greatness and his career? Where do you need to see him with Kyrie Irving get to this year to really put him on well, this pedestal? You know, Luca, I think, is way ahead of schedule still. Um, you know, he's. He's in what year four now, and he's played the Clippers twice in the playoffs already. And you know, we kind of need to see more of a sample size from him. Um, you know, and this Kyrie Luca dynamic is is kind of weird because you know we saw at the end of that game against the Timberwolves where they were just passing it back and forth to each other, and they didn't really know who's going to take what shot, or, or do I shoot it now, or do I pass it to you? I don't think that's going to be a recurring thing. I think that was just like one of their first games in, in crunch time where they kind of got to figure things out. I think they will figure it out. They're explosive on offense, but the defensive rating is 124. That is not good at all with Luka and Kyrie. Yes, you can score a lot, but if you're giving up more than you score, that's not going to be good in the playoffs. And even Jason Kidd has said, we don't care about the defense anymore. We just want to outscore our opponents. We're not trying to be a team that makes it 80 to 80. We want to get over 100 every time. And what a 180 flip from him, you know, from last year where he just preached about defense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And are, uh, any last words you want to say about the Clippers heading into this last stretch? We have 20 seconds here, correct? They they play the Suns. you got to get a dub against the Suns. The three-seed is within reach, and I think they should shoot for it. All right, Grant, you're the man. Thank you for coming in as a guest. We we love you as always, and you guys have been listening to the Rosh Markazi Show uh, on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm Brandon Deutsch. Armani Buckets is with me. Have a great rest of the day and a great rest of the, rest of the week. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing. Flea bargain ain't an option now, so... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.